Have you noticed how travel agents uh, always have the same handwriting? No, I can't. I can't say I've ever. Right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I've written something down for you to have a look at. In your handwriting. No, in um, travel agent handwriting. What's it say? Holiday to Magaluf. Right. Okay. And how many words have I written on one one line in the book? Three. Three words. Okay. That's how they do it. They do it in this massive handwriting. Have right. you never seen this? They always write in like the whole of the letter fills up the whole. So they, I mean, unless like I, when you're a child and they're teaching you how to write, and, and they'll say fill, you know, go from top from this line to the next. You have lines, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Well, this one here, it's as if they've they've, they've worked out a way to get more notepads, and it is to go through them and just and so I don't know. I, I just I thought. Um, and then they say end of the day as well. Uh, so so you've, you've been to see a travel agent? I went to see a travel agent recently oh, oh, really? to, to look for a holiday. And I know, and she wrote down... To holiday to Magalhães? No. Uh, that was me because I couldn't think of a destination right. when I was doing the example. <laughs> now, we were looking for a... Uh, we were actually looking at... The, I couldn't tell you the place, but it's on a cliff top. Oh. Really nice. Nobody goes there. It, it's, it's, it's like it's really, really brilliant. But because it's on a cliff top... There's not many people go there, so it's actually pretty cheap. Right. Anyway, um, but what she wrote was something, and I was like, you write the same as all the other travel agents. Right. Yeah, I don't think I've used a travel agent. So what do you do? I don't internet do it. Oh, you, go, you book everything via electronics? Mm. Oh, I like to talk to people, get their advice. Oh, right. No, okay, and like... It, it's always worked out, even when, like, not sort of packages, like, but where, where I sort of, like, get, get our own flights and... Because we got a flight... That, to, is, that is the way to do it, really, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, we, well, we got a flight to America for £99 return. That's amazing. And uh, then, obviously, we had to sort of organise... The everything's, else. yeah. But, but it all worked out. No, that is good, that is good. What was the other thing I made a note about? Oh, yeah... If you were an animal, what type of animal would you be? Oh, that's the sort of question they ask you on, like, come dine with me, isn't it? Well, do you know, it's one of those... The reason why I got to that is because I was thinking, if I was going to do a Big Brother audition tape, right? and I don't want to go on Big Brother, but I thought, you see all the kind of, like, the people that go on there, and their audition, their, their promo video before the before they get introduced to go into the house is always like oh I'm, I'm a fucking cow me I'll, I'll argue at everything and I'm going to cause proper upsets yeah. you'll love it and like it, it uh, exhausts me when I see too many, too many arguments on TV it's, so I would say well uh, hi I'm Chris and uh, I'm, I'm pretty calm actually uh, like I'd, if there were any arguments I'd probably just like walk away or, or maybe even try and settle it but I'm not really up for that I'll, 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 I'm not uh, I'm not so worried about I'm, I won't uh, cause friction and I'll get on with most people yeah I'm not thinking that producers might be think, picking Chris in those circumstances but isn't that the problem isn't isn't that the problem that it's it's organised chaos yeah it's absolute. It's kind of like it's put that in, and we'll see a reaction. Well, it's much well, it worse. shouldn't be. It's much worse now than it used to be. That's right, and that's what I was thinking. So, when my audition tape was would be that it's kind of like you know, if you know, if I were a, an animal, I'd be a cat because I just kind of I I just sit that I contribute. You no, know, I'm happy to have some fun and stuff, but as soon as there's like argument, people shouting and stuff, I'm just I just probably just walk away from it and let them sort it out themselves. Yeah. Well, so what would you be? Well, I suppose it'd be, yeah, you could say, well, I'd be a dog so I could lick my own balls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can do as you can. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's you know, true. I tell you, the reason... But they're, they're, not, they're not so impressive, are they, a cat's balls? <laughs> well, I suppose not, no. You know, with a dog, you've got the full sort of tackle hanging in there, haven't you, and everything, you've got, like, a proper cock that comes out and stuff. <laughs> I don't know what happens with cats. What is a cat's penis like? I've no idea. I but it must be small, right? Or like a dagger. I think. I think. I think pointy sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Well. Well, like, like you'd imagine with a dagger, which actually ties in a little bit, doesn't it? So I'd be a cat because the best like, looking animals are cats, aren't they? Yeah. So if you're going to have a relationship with another animal of your species, it'd have to be a cat. They're lovely looking things. Tubbly is. 
Yes, you get the fun of licking your own balls, but you've also got to lick your own arse, which I wouldn't... Really you don't have to. Well, you do. You what? just do that funny thing where you scrape on the floor. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, do you know what? I've tried to do that. Not that I've needed to do that, <laughs> but like I've thought, I wonder, I wonder if that solves the problem. Well, it doesn't. So, where? In your, on your, in your house, on the carpet. You... <laughs> Listeners, I think that we're, that we're being sold an apocryphal tale here. <laughs> yes, there are listeners here, aren't there? There are. There's there are listeners. You. You've got to remember that. Yeah, all eight of you. Right, um, so, well, let's... Um, we're doing this podcast, which is called The Tales of the Unexpected Podcast... Are you noticed how I've shortened that? Yeah, over... yeah, which which sort of makes a bit of sense, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I've come to the realization that um, actually the, the the whole point of what we're doing is a podcast about this show. So let's just call it that. Now, I was trying to be I was trying to be fun with it. But uh, no, it just makes it really easy to say. And so... What I'm, it's, we, it's taken 25 episodes for you to realise that. So what I'm going to start doing is saying that more um, and the other stuff less. But also, I'm going to link it to, say, like, you know, Instagram, our Twitter, our emails, so that everybody can find us in the right place and not have to type in endless streams of the words of unexpected and tales. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, welcome everybody. Let's get the show underway. Let's have some intro music. We're doing an episode today called The Man at the Top. Aren't we? We are. (laughs) What was the pause? Why the long pause? (laughs) Is that what you said to us? Well, I don't know. I didn't know what to say to oh, that. Really? We are, we are doing. Yeah. Oh, is that just is that, is that my it. is that my usual line, isn't it? I'll go. Yeah, 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 we are. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sort of like slightly redundant. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but we are. We are doing the one called the man at the top. The man at the top. Now, um, which we we trailed last fortnight as, as being last the one, fortnight ago. Yeah, the one about uh, the man, the embroiled seaman. Yeah. What make yes the embroiled seaman? Now, what makes this episode? A little sp- a bit more special. Can you think about that? Have a think. Uh, why? Why would this particular episode be a nice uh, thing? And a, a nice thing. Uh, why would it why be, would be a nice thing? Why would it be a You're making special it for me to guess? Aren't well, you? Yeah. Why a nice be, thing. <laughs> Why would it be a special episode? A special episode, I can answer straight away. <laughs> That's because it's the end of series two. <laughs> it is. And have you noticed in your kitchen that there is um, an orchestra? <laughs> I have. Now, I'm a bit concerned about this because when uh, Reese Shearsmith came, I have been left with an infestation of Shearsmith behind the cooker, right? <laughs> Reese Shearsmith's behind. It, no, I've got an infestation of Shearsmith's behind yeah. the cooker. Well, I spotted two yeah. on the way in. Well, that's because we've put some stuff down for them. <laughs> but, but they keep breaking out into, into improvisational comedy and it wakes me up at night. Oh, right. But okay. we've had to put some stuff down and the council have been out and <laughs> they have said... If there are any more of this sort of thing, we're going to have to start paying. So I'm just going to hope you're going to make sure that these, in fact, leave. Right. right. Well, do you, do you not want to know why they're there, or are you just happy that I've brought them round? Well, you can tell me that, but I needed to get those ground rules. Well, I thought it's the end of series two. Why don't we do uh, a big showstopper at the end, a big musical number? At the end. Well, song and dance? Well, yeah, we shall do a, a musical number. I've got some lyrics here. Um, they're on this notepad, which I'll I'm grateful for give that. you to. And uh, wait, they're, they're just tuning up. Can you tune up, boys and girl? One girl. Right. There's ninety. There's ninety piece orchestra. You can hear there. That's, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, so they're only tuning up as well. Imagine what they go when they're on a full pelt. As I say, just make sure nine to leave. That's all. Yeah, that's right. Well, look, listeners, look forward to the ending of the episode where we'll have the big musical number. Okay, let's go. <clears throat> we start off this episode, the man at the top, with Roald Dahl explaining two things. One thing is about the death of animals. He's uh, he's not not keen on it. He doesn't like killing 
of seals and the killing of whales. Yeah, he doesn't like because killing the seals to make fur coats for women. Now he's he's often one who differentiates with his killing and or killing reasons. Yeah. It's okay to kill as long as it's, like, in nature. Yeah. Because then he backs that up by saying, you know, I've killed a lot of people in my time. But, well, no, no, that's probably libelous. He says that as an author, he's killed a lot of people. Yeah, And he's probably killed more people than actual people have killed people put together. Yeah, which I doubt. But he's he's talking as part of the author community, isn't he? Oh, yeah, that's probably true. I mean, what he also says here is that um, a killer whale... Bear in mind the size of a killer whale. You know, like that's the black and white thing. That's a black and white one. Yeah. Eats 30 seals for breakfast. What? That's what he says. He says that? Yeah. I'd miss that because I would argue that that's not the case. I would argue that a killer whale's not the size of 30 seals. Well, maybe it is, but you couldn't, his stomach won't be. But for breakfast, that would indicate that in a week he's had something like 200. Well, 200 and what? 210. Yeah, just, just for breakfast. breakfast. And then obviously he'd have a bit more for his dinner, you think. And usually probably like 60 seals for lunch. Mid-afternoon and, snack? Yeah, four. And then, <laughs> and then for evening tea... He's going to have another good... He's going to have more than his breakfast, isn't he? Yeah, more 50. than breakfast and probably more than lunch. 70. So he's up to 70. So we're up to 1,000 a week. Is he... What? That's just one. Yeah, that's, that's got to be bullshit. I call <laughs> bullshit on that. He's not right. Yeah, well, so, that, that's what he says. Well, anyway, what he then says is he links the two and says it's okay to kill if it's through necessity, but it's not okay to kill if you want to wear a coat. Yeah, right? yeah. Then he says, "Here's a story that I've written, <laughs> <laughs> which has not got killer whales in it, but it's got a killing in it." Is that uh, the oh, that's the only link I've spotted? Oh, he's got a coat, I suppose. You, there were a couple of people wearing coats in this episode, weren't yeah. there? Yeah. <laughs> right. So it starts on location. Now, what I should, should say is, I will mention it when I wrote it down. But all the way through this, there is music being played, or just all the way through it, and it's I can only describe it as what I thought was a harmonica. Yeah. Well, I wrote mouth organ because I'm you know old school. Yeah. Um, and. There is a time when he passes a nightclub that then changes into some sort of rock disco music. But then when he passes into another passes into another nightclub, it changes again, doesn't it? Yeah, and then when there's a bit of tension, the harmonica then goes into a different tune, but more rock and roll harmonica. And he's joined by a twangy guitar. Yeah, a twangy guitar. A wah-wah pedal as well. In oh, is that? Yeah. 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 But this anyway, point, so all the way through is the... So, oh, old heart, got, listeners. Oh, God, I've got to knock on the it's door. It's a ray. I hope they've not come complaining about these... The parking for this orchestra. It probably have as well. Let's see what's happening, listeners. Rob's gone to the door. He's opened the door. I think he's accepting a parcel for another, um, for one of his neighbours. And that's, well, that's it. The interaction is over. There's always that weird temptation of uh, <clears throat> seeing what other goods your neighbours have got when you're asked to do this job. And, um, of course, you can't look into their parcels, but you always want to... You know, what are they getting that I'm not? Yeah. Well, well, Rob, this is... He's picked up something. This is an Amazon Prime parcel. So yeah. it's somebody who's, somebody who's got a bit of cash. It's not as big as a shoebox. How much does it weigh? It's quite light, with a sort of weighting towards one end. Oh yeah, there's a waiting towards one end. I'm going, uh, like a remote control or something. Could be, do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Well, anyway, what, just a remote control without the thing that it remotely controls. Probably. Right. That makes more sense to me. Um, I would say that's well. Anyway, anyway look, we're uh, we're digressing slightly, but that's uh, what Rob na- Rob's neighbours are getting in the post. Um, right. So uh, going back to this, yeah, the music. Right. Starts off the whole episode and is continuous. At this point, there's no wah wah pedal or anything like that. It's just 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 harmonica. It's it's like a just a meandering harmonica. That's what I'll call this. And I'm thinking, is it is it sort of aiming at sea shanty or something like that? Well, I think it's it's quite folky, isn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, we've got another trope, the classic intro to an episode trope, which is the walk. Yeah. Whilst he's walking, there is a peak in the music, which surprised me. Yes. It made, it made me sort of jump. <laughs> you saw, it went, and you, <laughs> you just went, oh. <laughs> it appeared to surprise the man as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think that the harmonica he could hear, but I think the music was reacting to what was on the screen. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't so think those two were... Somebody else was surprising, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it does say, I did write, write down here, man walking, it starts on location, and they're in a dockyard. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's cargo ships in the background. We're, we're, it's a, we're at sea, almost, but we're in the harbour bit. Yeah, the we're, cargo dockyard. we're, uh, we're at, uh, at the edge of land, aren't yeah. we? And then I wrote down, high-pitched harmonica bit Um, and then he walks and he's continued doing some walking he spots a cafe with lights on so he goes into the cafe two old men playing darts and it reminded me of that bit from the American Werewolf in London oh yeah Uh, kind of you made me miss that dartboard yeah I've not missed that dartboard in 30 years (laughs) (laughs) Rick Mayle young Rick Mayle at the bar yeah uh, which often used to surprise people when I would tell them that well he's not at the bar actually no he's playing Chess. That's, with, yes, that's right. Yeah, with he's just Brian a, Glover, isn't with he? Glover. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. But yeah, because it's Glover who has the dialogue in that bit. That's yeah. right. Yeah, um, both both gone now, aren't they? Yeah, both, both yeah. And Brian Glover was in Kez that we've referenced before. That's right, and because. Kez was, uh, sorry, Brian Glover was actually a school teacher. Yeah. When Lynch went and did Kez, Kestrel for a Nave, the film version, they used Brian Glover as because he was a teacher and uh, then he took off as being a proper Yorkshireman Yorkshireman actor alright Yorkshire actorman okay alright top that <laughs> <laughs> my my brother-in-law's mum was also a teacher and she appears in the in the film and uh, under under her ordinary name. That's fantastic. Was she? So she's in. But she did, but she didn't. Her wrestling career did not take off. Her wrestling kit career. Yeah, like because Brian Glover was a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so so there you go. There's a, a little yeah. known fact. Yeah, I don't think even you knew. So that. Barry Lynch. There you go. We've, we've slotted Barry Lynch into season two. Is it Barry Lynch? Brian Lynch. Barry Lynch. Barry Lynch. Is that right? I think it's Barry Lynch. David Lynch. No, it's Barry. I'm going Barry. Wait there, listeners. Uh, this is live research happening. Which, which is usually what I do. Yeah, okay, so, talk. okay, so um, Barry Lynch. I'll just type in that and see what happened. American actor. Right, it's not Barry Lynch then. Let's have a look for uh, Kez's book. Barry Hines. <laughs> So I got everything wrong. I just, I'm not, you know what? Facts. Um, you can prove anything with facts. Yeah. I mean, I actually thought we were going for the director rather than the. the Who author. was Barry Lynch? <laughs> <laughs> was it Barry Kestrel? Who was it? Directed by. Directed by Ken Loach. There we go. That's that's the person who's famous, isn't it? Yes. That's who. That's who you meant to. I've know. gone. I've gone full circle with names here, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. I, I was in a pocket of names, and I was just picking out a couple of words. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he's in this uh, cafe. These the two men playing darts. Now, what happens is in this is it seems like there are questions that you would just ask of other seamen sailors that. Um, you don't need to have a full question presented because what, what, <laughs> he, he comes over and it, first of all, he's right. Sorry, when he goes into the cafe, yeah, he's, he's sat there all gormless. That's it. That's, gormless. That's what I've written yeah, here. Gormless. I, I've put. He looks like what my mum would call gormless. Gormless. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's and I was thinking it's a word that when I first heard gormless, I knew exactly what it meant. And that's exactly how. He if looks. you picture somebody who's looking gormless, that's what it was. The waitress, who's an old woman, walks over, <laughs> and she, her question is, "Got a ship, love?" Right. Yeah. He says no. Right. Okay. Then she says, "Well, do you want some tea?" <laughs> As though that's what that, follows the natural progression of the conversation. Yeah, and he says no, a beer would be better. Well, you see, not only does she offer him a tea, 
I get the feeling she's offering him a free tea. Well, that does happen later on, doesn't it? But I, at this stage, I think she says something like, I've got some tea going to spare or something. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. And, and he says, I'd rather have a beer, which... It's a pretty rude thing to say. Yeah, if it? you're getting offered, and also you, you, you're not in a place that it definitely doesn't, doesn't sell, beer. sell beer. So it's pointless, and it's bloody rude. And it's rude, yeah. But that's what he says. That's how it goes. So then he goes over to see the men who are playing darts. Mm. Now one of them isn't Cliff Lazarenko, if you remember from my story a, a few weeks, a few months weeks. ago. A few. Um, couple of months ago about Cliff Lazarenko losing five stone being congratulated on it but um, in the same breath being reminded that he's also put it back on again <laughs> it's not one of it's not him right he's not one of them men and his question to the two men is heard of anything <laughs> they say no you and he goes no and then he walks off Right. And as I say, it seems like there's some questions that, that, that uh, would, would only have to be partially asked. Yeah, and it's the type of industry where everybody knows what you, exactly what you're talking about. Heard of anything? No. The new King Kong is out. <laughs> uh, actually, in 1980, um, yeah, well, the, the top-selling movie of this month, or, yeah, this month, I'm going to say, um, was Back to the Future. No, the top-selling movie of this month was Empire Strikes Back. Right. And, oh, which reminds me, because uh, also, Suicide is Painless, uh, theme from MASH was number one in the charts. Now, right. when I was looking to see what what was in the charts and what was the like top things, I got those two bits, and then I thought, is there anything, is there a site that tells you what happens on that day in, you know, years gone by and stuff well there are though what happens on this day is but i want to be more specific and and look at what happened on this day that particular day at all right not in history but just that one day so you go and type in that day what happened on that day stuff right, right. so you can imagine if you typed in i don't know let's go 9/11 you would know <clears throat> let's go uh, 11th of september uh, 2001 uh-huh. you would know that 9-11 happened yeah right okay right but in this one here you type in the date and it, all it said is it was a Saturday oh yeah I know and that was from um, the on this day dot com it wouldn't have paid site would it no, I don't know it could have been what, what I could tell you is that uh, New York New York by Frank Sinatra uh, reached number 32 in the charts would he still be alive then? He must have been. No, not necessarily, though. Elvis is still bringing records out. Anyway, it? anyway, that's the useless facts of the show. The Elephant Man, that's a film, was out in 1980. Well, there you go. But, but uh, Empire Strikes Back was number one. Yeah. Right, now then, now then, let's get back into this. So he um, goes back over to the woman... Um, seemingly having no end, like the conversation's ended but no resolve to the conversation with the two darts players she then pours him a cup of tea and it's a, a, sa- a sandwich she offers him again also for free on the house <laughs> yeah now then she says something that I wrote as being slightly racist you should go back on the ship you came on <laughs> it does sound a bit like that yeah doesn't it, yeah. it? Well, what she means by that is, if if you've got no to do, why are you sticking around? Why aren't you? Why aren't you gone on the ship that you came in on? But it turns out he's had some sort of fracas on the ship. Yeah, he's had a fight. The ship left without him. Got pissed off with him. I mean, to be honest, as this pro- episode goes on, he's the sort of person that I'd want to leave as well. Yeah, I'd just blame the fight on it. Yeah, you, you would. You'd yeah. pick the fight just to get rid of him, wouldn't you? Really, he's he's the most. Awkward, gormless, a dickhead I've ever met, <laughs> seen, right? And I, I just want rid of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, uh, you know, what she sort of questions him about his his life, and he, he's got one of them lives. He was a f- adopted, fostered, uh, See, has no family. Probably the same reasons. They were thinking, just get rid of him. <laughs> well. Then he goes out of the shop and he starts walking. Music changes to that wah wah. This, this is where the yeah, where the yeah. twanging guitar, which is which is the sort of music that that is sort of generally credited as being in porn films, isn't it? it well, yeah, you would definitely. But it was also it also indicated that something's about to happen. Now, in this particular instance, nothing does happen. 
However, he does see a strip club, and maybe in 1980s on primetime TV, this would have been, oh, oh God, there's a, a strip club on TV that deems rock and roll music. Perhaps, perhaps so. The, the club is called Club Pecker, or Pika. <laughs> Pecker. God, that would have been, it's a strip club. Uh, and what you do, well, a girls club. Yeah, well, you see, I thought it was called Club Fecker, and I was wondering if it was set in Ireland. Oh, but, but I wrote but, Club Pecker, but yeah, yeah, it could be Fecker. It, it, could, it, it, could, it could be either. I mean, it could be anywhere in the world, really, couldn't yeah, it, where there's English-speaking people? But then none of them seem to have an Irish accent, mm. so it's probably not Ireland. No, and in this show, they would have definitely overdone the accents yeah, you know, to let you know. Yeah, so it's probably Club Pecker. Club Pecker. Um, well, to the left of the club is a doorway, and lights of girls are written on it. Yeah. When the lights are off, it means they're not available. But when the lights are on, it means you can buzz really? and they'll let you in. That, that sort of thing well, I realised that because the Diane's light was off. Right. And then it lit on, and he went, "All right, I'll get in." And he ah. pressed the button. She said, "He goes." She says, "Who is it?" He goes, "It's me." So she lets him in. Yeah. I mean, that's the high class security that they have at this place. Now, when when uh, he gets up there, what's confirmed is what our suspicions have been, which is that uh, she's, in fact, a prostitute. I think the yeah. first sign of this is that the door is painted pink on the inside. Yeah. So we, a I, man, a sailor, is walking down the stairs. <laughs> He's just daddy's business. Yeah, and she's, she's wearing... Now, she's wearing the um, underwear. Yes. That... I had got in my mind as being the underwear in the um, Nostradamus uh, one, the one with the revenge porn. When I said it Nostradamus, was, yeah, uh, it's called Departing Peace, but, but it's, Nostradamus. Well, it, can you remember? It's got some. It's based on some story that had some real weird Latin name to it. Oh, yes, yes, I'm with you, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I described that underwear as, in my mind, looking like the sort of underwear a prostitute would wrestle a pig in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And that's what she's got. It's sort of like, it's like Anne Summers before Anne Summers became good at doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's got uh, the bra... And it's got like the bit that goes around the waist that's doing nothing, yeah. And the knickers, and then the suspender belt, sp- suspenders, and then the the tight bits. Yeah, and it does. It's, it, stockings. It's not. It's not. It's not no, good looking stuff, is it? But which, which I suppose. If you were to shop in prostitutes or us, that's what you would get. Absolutely, that would, that would be in the window. Um, now she opens. Uh, it, it, she's called Diane. Yeah. She lets him in. She pa- he passes the sailor on the stairs, and uh, as you say, she's wearing naughty prosy clothes. Um, and then he s- she says to him, "Well, he goes nothing. He's a, he's a, he's a git, isn't he? He's what? He's a git. A, yeah, a git and an idiot. <laughs> a gittiot, right? And um, is uh, she's saying? Oh no, he's basically reminding her that if you've not watched the news, there's a shipping slump on." <laughs> Which I think is a euphemism. <laughs> um, she offers him some money. He won't accept it. But um, but but he won't accept it in a in a from her because of the way she's yeah, sort she's of a, in, a, in a suggesting he's a bit better than that. Yeah, yeah. There's, he has a moral conduct mm. that he'd accept money if if it was hers and she'd earned it yeah. rather than being given it by a sailor and as we, and as we see later on he'll go to other lengths <laughs> this is that thing I had a problem with in Towie that you remember in I, I don't I know if that's a problem with you in Towie <laughs> <laughs> they, they're moral they complain about things that are l- Less worse than the thing that they're complaining about. Right. So if somebody's talking to an ex, as so to their ex, she, oh, she shouldn't be talking to my ex. That's right. And it's like we well, cheated on him. Yeah. Who's in the wrong here? Yeah. So anyway, um, she she's telling him about how she got into the. Well, he asks her, "How did you get into the game?" And and the answer that uh, that she comes up with is my dad liked girls. Well, I thought we were going on a different story. I did. Yeah, yeah. And then the story is a non-story. Yeah. Really. She says, "I used to have to go out on my bike to follow my dad's car and find out which girl he was with." Yeah. That doesn't explain how she became a <laughs> prostitute. <laughs> I, I can't see that it naturally follows, no. does it? 
anyway, she 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 believes, and so does he, that that is a, a, an, an answer that's yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, he doesn't take issue with that, does he? Yep. He say, well, 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 why did that? Yeah, <laughs> what are you talking about? Because he's an idiot. And he hasn't got a clue. He's stupid. Because I, I tell you what, apropos nothing at all, I thought, you know, you might get somebody who goes out on their bike and, like, follows an ice cream van, but it doesn't mean... Uh, <laughs> and then that took me back to like, last week when I was on one of my daily walks and uh, there was an ice cream van, a, a whippy, which really is the only ice cream worth Of course, buying. yeah. We, I'm not saying Mr. Whippy, there are many, many variations of it, but... The soft, 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 soft uh, cur- swirly dog poo. You um, pull the lever and it comes out. Yeah. But but when you pull in the lever, you're, old, you're holding the corner to Yeah. And I thought, well, I might, I might just buy myself one of those. That's a bit of a nice treat. But as I, as I, looked, as I approached, I could see the uh, teenaged um, ice cream man. <laughs> right. Picking his nose <laughs> in the driver's seat, and, and I thought, no, not following that. No, 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 no. Picking his nose. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. And he were like, sort of, you know, really sort of like that, and sort of. I, I'm thinking, ah. Oh. <laughs> That's your treat gone, isn't it? Isn't it? it really is. Yeah. Mate, you escaped there. That's the way. Think positive. Yeah, you I, escaped. If I got there two minutes later, I'd, he might yeah. have been serving. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or always buy a tub. Yeah, just get the tub. Yeah. Because that's a scooper. Yeah, because I don't really like Cornet anyway. No. It's a bit dry. I'll tell you what, with the Cornet, right? Because you get the little spoon with that, don't you? So with the tub? Yeah. Yeah, so you're all right. With the Cornet, the reason I find it disappointing, well, I don't like Cornet, but you eat the ice cream for, for refreshment's sake, then you're left with the fucking Cornet, which is like, <laughs> like a giant biscuit. Well. Oh. You've not... You've not done the thing then. The, I, I'm miming it. I'm miming it. Putting something to my mouth here, but that, no. Here we go. Right. You of course buy the flake as well. Yeah. yeah. So what you do is you sh- you don't eat the flake. You shove it down the cone. <whistles> right. Okay. Yeah. Then you eat your ice cream. Now you've got wafer and chocolate in the bottom part. Oh. Stops the ice cream dripping down, yeah. and when it does drip down, all it's doing is like you know, well, it's like drip down. It's kind of like smoothing around the sides, which means that your cone is now a beautiful little treat. Wow! Yeah, I'm impressed. I shall try so, this. Um, he gets out, he gets off the bed because he's been sat on the bed here. Yeah, and he he gets out like a weird knife. <laughs> we- it's <laughs> it's weird in that. It's sort of well. Well, I, I wrote down that uh, it's the most bizarre looking knife I've ever seen. Looks like it's been. It's made out. The casing of it is made out of bone. Yeah, it looks, it looks like something from. Um, do you remember that film with Jude Law? Um, it might not have been Jude Law actually. Uh, it was called uh, Extract. Extra. Extract. 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 Extinct. Ex. Sting. Excalibur? No. Ex- it could have been Excalibur size. It's this. basically they've got a gun made of teeth and it fires teeth bullets. <laughs> You've not seen that? Is that a dream I've had? <laughs> I think you might. Right, okay. Anyway, <laughs> it's a weird, bony, bony knife, switchblade knife. So it's got some sort of mechanism inside it and it's yeah. it's big. <laughs> it's like the size of a remote control and then a knife sticking out the end of You've it. You've got a thing about remote control, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, I'd, say, I'd say it's more the size of a chair leg. <laughs> Well, you described it as being like a like a lamb, <laughs> which it can't be because that has been copyrighted well, by the Lamb to the Slaughter, that so they true. can't you can't use that same weapon twice. But it's it's huge, isn't it? It's, it's massive. It's like it's if if it's ivory, it's made out of a single tusk, but it's used most to tusk up. He's presented it out, out of nowhere. It's come it, the idea of showing her it has come out of nowhere. Well, I, you see, I thought he'd picked it up in a, in well, a flat. Yes, and that's what I thought. But it's just out of nowhere. He's just he's seen it, got it, yeah. explains to her it's for my own safety. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, I would have thought then if, if it's that big, you would be better hitting somebody with it rather than <laughs> stabbing somebody. <You're> clobbering. <laughs> well, he goes outside and he can't have gone far, right? Because he's in the market place of this town. And he sees a man walking who looks a bit like 
Tony Hancock. Tony Hancock. Rich, yeah, big overcoat and hat. He's, he's got the Tony Hancock hat and coat. You're absolutely right, yeah. I never thought about that, but yes. And uh, the music changes. Um, and he goes over to... The music changes into a, a kind of sinister-y uh, rock and roll, right? Right. Okay. We've still got them. And is, is, the, is the mouth organ still, mouth organ is still there? Still So with, with this, you've got to sort of build the music of extra instruments coming in. Yeah. Oh, talking can, about that, can you hear, hear them? They're just oh, still okay. warming up for the big... For the big, ladies and gentlemen, for the big musical number... Don't miss it. ...to end show I series... Mean, of show the final episode of show series two. I didn't know about this, and I'm looking forward to it. No, you've got just, your lyrics just from the tune-up. You've got yeah. your lyrics, so yeah. So in a minute, just have a read through. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he sees this man walking. Music changes, and he sort of follows him a bit, just a bit, but not too much. Yeah. And then he presents the knife. No, he doesn't actually present the knife at first, but he says to him. I don't want any trouble, and you now know the knife is out. And he goes, I just want your your cash or your money or yeah. something I like that. I mean, you know the knife is out because you hear his pocket rip as he's, <laughs> trying, to, as he's trying to pull it pull it out. <laughs> and, you can, and you can hear the... The anchor being <laughs> dragged along the road. So. As he operates the wind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, the man kind of turns, realises he's in a spot of trouble, starts opening his coat... As if to get, pull a gun. Gets out a gun. And he actually, get, I, I he actually does get out a gun, but he's too late. He can't shoot it off in time because the, your man's... Stabbed him. Yeah, binked him in the uh, uh, killing area. And in the, in the way of Toto, immediate death <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, yeah. There's, yeah, it's kind of... It is one of those, it's kind of like, oh, you've got a knife. <gasps> right, so then, as he's... Uh, Realizes he's killed the guy. He runs off to a, a drain, uh, and, and somewhat incredibly manages manages to <laughs> to get the leg of the piano <laughs> down down the slats of the game. Yeah. And this was surprising to the degree that I, I actually had to pause and mention it to you. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that's gone down there because it it, it wasn't. It's not feasible. That this thing would have been a knife to begin with, but also it's just it's the handle of the knife. The blade isn't as normal; it's what you'd expect. Yeah, but it's just a handly bit. It's 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 incredible. <laughs> anyway, have a, have a look for it. Yeah, please. And do. then write into us and tell us what you think it, it's it it's like. made of and what. Yeah, yes. What's it made? What's it like? What does it remind How you? How many of? villagers would have had to have made it, and what <laughs> animal was used to construct it? Now then, <laughs> as he's as he's panicking, because now. He goes back over to the body, looks for some cash. The guy ain't got any cash. Yeah. Right? All he's got is a series of credit cards. Yeah. Now, he flings them to one side, sees a dustbin van coming, and then runs back to Diane's house. Right. Now, I think it, it's at this point, is it, that, that he reveals, for no reason really, I suppose, that he won the knife in a, in a game of gin rummy. Yes. Yeah. Now, and it would it, it, it would be traced back to him because he won it there where they are right now. But he, he also said... Sorry, go on. No, is that what sailors play, Jim Romeo? Yes, which is the one that they were playing in um, Dear, My Dear, My Love? Was that Bridge? Bridge. Ah, right, so yeah. cool. I don't know what Jim Rummy is other than... I know what Rummy is, whether it's the same. Yeah, but it, and it can't have been first prize, can it? A you, knife. That knife, Jesus. you wouldn't have put, well, I was going to say put that on the table. You wouldn't have like, had that <laughs> in the corner of the room and pointed to that and said, let's play for that, because people have said, you're fucking joking. <laughs> Maybe the prize was also the donkey that that, that was tethered up to the knife that was stuck in the ground. There was well, a big stake in the ground or something. Yeah. Anyway, he, he says, with absolutely no urgency whatsoever, I think I've killed a man. <laughs> right? He um, doesn't seem that bothered, does he? He's not, but then it does. It dramatically goes urgent, okay? Because uh, he, he then starts. I oh, will trace it back to me, and I've got to get out of here, and uh, it, and I'm going to have to leave. I'm going to have to go on the, the run. Could you help me? Now then, she says that she can try and at least arrange a place to go, but 
you'd have to speak to a man called Sam Madrid. Sam Madrid. Which is the first time that it's mentioned, but probably the first of 40 or 50 times that it's mentioned in the remainder of this episode. If a travel agent were writing that down, it'd take up a whole lot. Yes, uh, yes, this script would be incredibly difficult to uh, to read um, <laughs> because of the amount of Sam Madrids that would go. Now, um, you'll find him, she says, you'll find him in a pub called The Grapes. Yeah. Which is for me is just a euphemism for piles. It is me as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if it, if it was us talking about this, but my mum told me when I was small that sitting on damp concrete led to piles. Uh, I was told not to read my books on the toilet for too long. Right. Else I get piles. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now I wasn't. I was. Uh, you know. I wasn't sure how much time I'd got for this. <laughs> yeah, because you're not given a time scale here. No, it's, it's just it, too long. Is it immediate? Yeah, there's a moment. You get to the end of page two, <laughs> and you've got graves. What damp pieces of concrete were you sitting on then before you well, realised we, you shouldn't? At the house that we lived in, the, there was a, a we had a conservatory, and then. A, a big concrete step outside right. and then down to the garden and I would sit on that presumably you know, when it was damp yeah. but yeah I, would it be as soon as my buttocks kissed the concrete I think through, through my trousers I've got <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point yeah oh, of course or, yeah. <laughs> or right does the concrete gradually draw up up and sort of pull them down bit at a time <laughs> von by von I don't, I don't I don't know, or whether you just get the full bunch on on contact. (laughs) But that's what that's what it it makes me think. We also learn quite handily for this story that not only is Sam Madrid the man at the top, he owes Diane um, a A favour from when she was uh, Anna. Anna, yeah. So, oh, do you know what? She sends him on his way. He he, he takes a little bit. He takes a little bit of cash, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then. And I, I noticed, I noted this. I, I like how she's walking around the room with like a bit of an open gown on. Yeah, I, I like that in That's, girls. <laughs> it's a bit gratuitous. Isn't yeah, it? it's just a little bit naughty, but uh, yeah, I was settled for that. Now, uh, then he goes to the pub called the Grapes. Yeah, and he meets the landlord who's watching the football. Now he's doing uh, a scriptwriter football commentary, which is. The referee should be certified. Yeah. The referee should have glasses on. The referee should this and that. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's obviously written. That's it's shite. Well, at one point, uh, at one point, he says uh, the ref should be lynched. He needs glasses. Now, I think that's a bit much because you know <laughs> I needed glasses at one point. <laughs> I, I have got them now, so presumably I'd escape. But I wouldn't have wanted to lynch him for it. No, but certified also. <laughs> yeah. Um. And here's an interesting point about that uh, barman. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to ask you as a question. All right. Where have we seen that barman before? Oh, I didn't know. Has he been in a Tales of the Unexpected? He, he has then? been in a Tales of the Unexpected. Um, I'm trying to remember what his face is. Um, no, I'm going to give up for the sake of the, the time on this episode. All right. Well, I'll tell you where we've seen him then, because that would be the best way to do it. <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've seen him in The Umbrella Man, where he was the... Is he the uh, reception guy? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he doesn't play too dissimilar role from it, does Absolutely. he? Absolutely. Well, this was it, right? Mm. When I yeah, saw it, I thought, oh, that name, face rings a bell, as I say. And I thought, oh, and that attitude, is, yeah. he, is he the umbrella man? And yes, he was. Nice, nice. Ah, that's a great link. Lovely stuff. Now then. So um, he's, he's there. He's there, and he's talking to him, and the man says, I need to know where I can find San Madrid. Yeah. He says, that kind of, it's a classic, you don't find him, he finds you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This guy... In, there's a real good line in um, the uh, Magnificent Seven where your Brinner says, I think it's your Brinner, says, We deal in lead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it sort of sounds. And just for the listeners out there, lead being bullets, that's lead being bullets. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really cool. This guy deals in cliches. <laughs> Which is not so good. Yeah, there would be a good uh, detective programme, like a parody called 
detective cliche, <laughs> wouldn't they? That, that would be a good one, wouldn't it? Yeah. You could put all the stuff in. There. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that may, we should do that. We should write that at least. Or, or if in the Magnificent Seven, you'll bring in delivers a line, we deal in lead, and then he goes outside and he's got his <laughs> bad. <laughs> Chris, he's called Chris. Chris is, Chris is lead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Pipes flagging. <laughs> Faces, it'd have to cover faces as well. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, like that. You um, can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, he in this the man he's explaining that he does know of uh, Sam, obviously, but yeah. um, you, you're not going to be able to find him. But he goes, I know. The man says, I know Diane or Anna, yeah. and uh, he goes. In which case, you need to find somebody. You have to go somewhere else. There's a lot of going somewhere else in this episode. There is. Um, but you need to find a man called Doug Schaefer. Yes. I like that name. It's a classic mafiosa-style, gangstery sort of name. Doug Schaefer. Yeah, well, I, I really like that name. And uh, for me, um, it makes me think of uh, where, where Eagles Dare. Because the Clint Eastwood character plays a... Uh, major Schaefer in that but I always really liked it yeah 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 <laughs> yeah it's a nice name um, and uh, that he realises that he has to go and see Doug in his apartment now what he's been told about this apartment is he, he runs kind of underground casino nights yeah which is not underground it's in the top of a high story it's building it's the opposite of underground yeah. isn't it it's yeah. well overground when he goes to the apartment now uh, the reason I'm, I'm yeah. interjecting is because when he goes to the apartment he sees the kind of like the reception guy yeah. and he says he, need, he says I need to speak to Doug Schaefer and he picks up the phone at which point you laughed <laughs> is it because there was no he never said anything on the phone it, it seemed to be because um, what I was going to say is we, the fella's name we've not referred to it but he's called Hardy right okay and I'd, I'd sort of realised this by this time so it, make, it might make it a bit easier for us but this, like, this bit where Hardy sort of does a bit of a sort of swift change of direction and just looks off screen for no, for no reason in close up and it, and it just made me laugh yeah yeah but it's what I thought you were laughing at the bit where they pick up the phone and no, no, nothing said on the phone. Right. Now, it may have been, and that was just kind of like out of earshot and stuff, but Hardy gets searched, right? A body search. A body search to make sure there's kind of like, you know, no funny business, I yeah. guess. Uh, he goes, go... Oh, no, that's what he says. He goes, he gets searched and he goes, go up, no funny business. Like that. So that was right. There was no... He, he did mean it by no funny business. But... He's not, well, yeah, he's not, as far as we can tell, search the massive bag which Hardy carries with him. No, just him. <laughs> yeah. Which, which we know that find the weapon, you'll find the man. That's has, true. Has been, has been gone. That's true. Right? Because I mean, you don't want to find the man, you've got to find the weapon first. Is, is that what you have to find with San Madrid? I'm not too sure. Yes. Well, you don't find San Madrid, San Madrid finds you. Finds you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, goes to the apartment and quite rightly uh, they're playing poker in the back room there or probably Jim Rummy or, or Jim Rummy in fact I, I did see a giant stack of uh, tusks <laughs> with blades protruding from them <laughs> <laughs> yes there were only two, yeah. two tusks but it was still a giant task <laughs> It was a giant. So he so he goes. Um, he comes up to the room and goes. You mentioned San Madrid, yeah. And he goes. You don't uh, Hardy goes. You don't need the gun. Now we've not seen the gun, have we? No, like, but he's kind of got his hand inside in, his, in his jacket, pocket. hasn't he? Yeah. I'm wondering is this budget? Yeah, and there wasn't one. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same. But, they seem to show things when they need to show them, but in this occasion, it was just hand inside jacket. That'll do. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says, uh, "I need to see Schaefer," and then your man Hardy. Uh, see, the, the, this new guy goes, uh, "Are you one of some?" Mad- oh no! I'm sorry. Start again. He goes, "I need to see Sam Madrid," and then 
this guy who now we realise is, is Doug Schaefer says, are you one of his boys? And he says, no, I'm a seaman. And then he looks at him and goes, you're just his type. Like, really, <laughs> those camp sort of... <laughs> I don't really know if that was a comeback or well, whether he was being sincere. Yeah. See how I heard it <laughs> was, I'm a seaman. And the response, just his taste, which, which is... Which oh, right, I'd put just his type. But, but <laughs> just his... I'm a seaman. <laughs> just his taste. Yeah, yeah. Whichever way you look at it. Yeah. I but we know that that's, that can't... That's not... Unless he goes both yeah. ways. Well, he could do. Yeah. He immediately concludes, uh, Doug Schaefer, that is, that uh, he's on the run. You're on the run, he says, and that's how he backs it up. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, um, and then he says, uh, you know, I'm not going to help you, um, and get out of my house, get out of my apartment. And, uh, my uh, underground high yeah. rise. Uh, underground high rise. At the same time as he's chucking him out, a man who's been playing gin rummy stroke poker, it also leaves, and he's down on the night, and he's he's drunk, and he's lost his money for the night. Yeah, he's 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 possibly drunk. I think he's he's certainly um, the actor is playing for drunk, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not sure he's quite getting there. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's well. I thought that might have been San Madrid at that stage. Uh, okay, right, right. Um, I was. Then in sort of like because they get into the lift together, right? So were you thinking then that the drunkenness may be a ruse because you yeah. didn't believe that any real, no, I, real actor would be playing drunk that no, badly? That wasn't it actually. I just thought that might have been Sam. But uh, it goes to him every. He goes every. I'm looking for Sam Madrid. He goes everyone knows Sam Madrid. Uh, well, seemingly not this guy Hardy. That that'd be one person who doesn't know him. Out of the two people that lived, fifty percent know him, right? Um, anyway, they get to the bottom. He realizes that he's got a chip, poker chip, that yeah. he didn't spend. So he gives it to him and wishes him luck. He says, "Take that for luck." Which yeah. I mean, he says he could have played another hand. So something it, it probably couldn't be poker, could it? I don't know. I don't know how poker works. I think uh, maybe you could just put it all in. Yeah. Maybe uh, it's got to be gin rummy. Oh, yeah. Well, I suppose uh, either way, that was the bit that I knew what was going to happen at the end. Right. So I won't say anything. But it was. He tells. He also, as well as giving this, he tells him that Sam will be with somebody called Estelle. Yes. Who lives down in by the market? Yes. And that was the bit where I realised. Oh yeah, that wasn't Sam that we was talking to, because Hardy says that's a bit of a seedy area or something, and that's it. So it was it was kind of like uh, I won't again I won't spoil the episode. However, I was on the right track from that there, from there on. Right. Uh, now um, this was um, oh yeah he arrives at this woman's called Estelle. Yeah. She's opens the door and she's well. I mean, she's actually not a bad actress, this one. No, no. But it's all very clichéd. You're looking for somebody, I'm not going to tell you. Is You know, what do you want? Is, is the, are you a cop? Yeah. It's, it's not particularly great acting. Uh, sorry, great script writing. But it's she's not actually a bad little character in this. The music also changes again here as well. Do we... Do, uh, the line I've written down, and I didn't believe it was... The, well, this was the best I could make of it. She's, she's considering whether he's a cop. But says, cops don't smell as though they haven't eaten. <laughs> well, isn't that that uh, halitosis thing? Is that what it is? Just bad breath. Bad breath being not eating. Like when you, you know, when you did exams as a kid, yeah. you'd have a three-hour exam and you'd come out of the exam and you'd be like, what the fuck's happened in my mouth? A dog went in and shat in it. Oh, right. No, I do not know about that. Yeah, you see, if you don't eat, stinky breath. Right. Okay. That's why you've got to keep yourself lubed. Right. Well, apparently um, cops... Orally lubed. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, cops... Cops don't smell... As though they haven't eaten. Because they always eat. Donuts. <laughs> Donuts. Ovs. Ovs. Yeah. And now then. Um, so, uh, then, she... Again, lots of talk about San Madrid. Eventually works out... Or she says... He doesn't just go by that name. He goes by another name. That I can't tell you. But I can't tell you. And then 
and that's because it sounds like there's a lot linked to her in this which we don't really ever go into but we but she wants to keep out of it yeah. but she starts showing a bit of empathy and she gives him as much information as she needs which is this is the address that he lives at which is probably more use than the other name that yes. goes by into absolutely it? where somebody lives you couldn't care less about anything else so she says where you'll find him is 12 uh, Bella Vista is that what I've written huh? Yeah. Bella, Bella Vista. Yeah. Yes, um, it's uh, basically it's, it, he's now got the address of where he's going and he's going off to another place. So let's count the places he's been. Docks, cafe, grapes. Oh, Diane's. Oh, yeah, right. Dogs? No. <laughs> Docks. Docks. Cafe. Yeah. Uh, Diane's. Diane's. Marketplace. Grapes. Diane's. D- Dugs. Dugs. Um, um, Estelle's. And 12. And, and now he's going Bella to Bella Vista. Vista. This is, so I counted Diane's twice. So that's eight places that he, he's been to in this, in, this, in this scene setting, this story. Now, when he gets there, the dogs are all barking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, um, he's married by... <laughs> 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 the taxi that he goes in. Oh yeah, there's another. There's a taxi driver in there. Isn't yeah, it? which is I, th- I think it might be Doc Cotton's dead husband. Oh really? Yeah, I think so. What driving the taxi? Yeah, before he died, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's interesting about that taxi is that um, he realizes that he hasn't got enough money to pay for the, the. He's maxed his fare out, so he goes, "You'll have to drop me off here. I'll walk the rest." Yeah. And the ta- and he gives him more. Than what's needed. No, he doesn't, does he? No, he gives he gives him a tip. He, he gives him a tip. Yeah. And then the guy says, "No, you need that more than I do." He then gets to Twelve Bella Vista, where the dogs barking. I'm just thinking I might have sold that taxi driver short. To be honest, I don't know whether he, I don't know whether he's he was in uh, EastEnders, but he looks like he's got a film a film list as long as your arm. He's, uh, and he's called Michael Ripper. Depends how long your arm is, so if it's like a baby's arm, it's going to be that. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose it's about like, Sub- like subjective, isn't two, it? two baby's arms side by side, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's, he's gone there, hasn't he? Yeah, and, and he gets to the gate where he's not being let in, where he don't. says, I'm here to see Sam, I've got a message yeah. from Schaefer. Schaefer sent me with a message or something. Yeah. That seems to be enough. To let him in. He does. I mean, the, the man on the gate says about his dog, he won't grab you unless I say so. Now, the dog had got a muzzle on, so I was wondering how it was going to do with the grabbing. It would probably be <laughs> a bit more accurate. He won't, he won't grab you unless I take the muzzle off and <laughs> tell him to. <laughs> yeah. Unless he means that where they grab on your leg with its... No, it could With its it, it shaggy. Yeah, um, the humping yeah. thing, yeah. So that would just be humiliating rather than frightening. <laughs> <laughs> well, the music changes again, right? And uh, he walks into the house. Every, the, everything goes silent. And the, the scene, there's a few people... Uh, and it's quite sombre as well as silent, by the way. But there's a few people in there kind of sorting things out, paper, bits of paperwork yeah, and that. Yeah, yeah. He walks in, Doug sent me, yeah. and then a man looks at him and says, prove it. So he gets his poker chip out. Which can only mean Doug sent me. Can't Doug you? sent him with me poker, with this poker chip as some sort of means to communication. Which, it, it doesn't mean that, does no, it? No, it's a long shot. You know, the, the fellow who wasn't drunk... Could have claimed to have been sent by Doug <laughs> using exactly the same sort of thing, couldn't he? Yeah, say, what do you want? Goes, um, well, what does, he, what does he ask? What's his demands? What does he ask for? He goes, I need to see Sam, I need to have a word with him. And yeah. Then, and then somebody who's presumably his wife. Yeah. She says, uh, You're too late. You're too late. Because Sam's dead and then reveals everything. Someone's killed him tonight in the marketplace with a knife the size of a large car. (laughs) (laughs) And um, everything (laughs) now points at him. The only person you could help him out is the one that the guy killed. And we... That's it, the credits rolled. And we both said, 
well, aside from bad acting and little scripty bits and yeah. stuff, actually, that is a great unexpected ending. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter if you worked it out sooner because they're still sending you off on the the, the, the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. They're making you forget about things that happened a long time ago by yeah. putting a load of chaos in. Yeah. And then you go back to it and revisit it. Now, that Unfor- is a great episode. Unfortunately, not written by Roald. Well, we say unfortunately. I think there's a pattern emerging now, isn't there, where it is... Um, yeah, uh, I was trying to be a bit kind. Though. Yeah, well, he, he'd run out of twists, hadn't he? Let's face it. Yeah, and, to, and some of the twists had been jammed on all yeah, stories that were, were in no way twisted. Yeah, so now, we, now every author and... Uh, I guess a screenplay writer they're all they're all going to be different I think actually when I say different there are some crossovers aren't there but there's, essentially there's a couple of Roald yeah, that do appear yeah, springs up. Yeah. but I'm not entirely sure I could be wrong here but I think this might be the point where Roald doesn't even introduce them anymore from from I, there yeah, on I, I, I could think, be I think he, again he makes a couple of appearances yeah. I'll tell you what I have just noticed the the bloody turtle. Oh my Ro- god! Roald's got a writing credit in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's one. I'm, even when we had to re-record <laughs> catastrophe and genesis, genesis and catastrophe, I, I, I didn't actually mind that as much as having to do this f- from scratch. Yeah. The the the, the turtle story. Any, the, anyway. the only thing is that the episode about the turtle story is not going to be much longer than the story about a turtle and its crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the end of the episode. That is also the end of season two. It Wait, is. hang on. They're, yeah. they're piping up. One yeah. second, one second. Uh, guys, if you could just... We'll be done in a minute. The big... Ladies and gentlemen, the big news musical number. The big it, series finale. Yes, it's on the way. We're just going to... It's wrap a bit like Hampton Deck, isn't it? Yeah. Finishing with this. So what we should do, really, is, uh, before we wrap up, because this is the sort of thing we've done in the past, is, uh, for the end of season one, is have a look over the last ep- series, season two, um, and then work out which you reckon was your favourite episode, which is the worst episode, which was your favourite moment, I guess. Was that right? Or Right. What yeah. did we do? So I think that the worst one was... Um, Genesis and catastrophe. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm just thinking. I, I seem to remember a uh, a sort of run. Uh, it was a real lovely season of, of good ones, and yeah. it was also followed immediately by a season of bad ones, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I. You see, I thought. I thought the. Return of Botty Ball was not was not very good. It was unnecessary, yeah. and I didn't understand why. Well, that for me, Botty Ball would have been there had it not been for the fact that I actually really like the character. So I'm I'm so I didn't want to put myself through yeah. through that. But I didn't I didn't like the stories about Hitler. That's not for me. Yeah. Um, I think the best episode. Oh, I tell you which one I really didn't like as well. Was um, uh, Georgie Porgy? It was just because it was just too harsh for me. It's like it was exhausting to keep up with it, and yeah. really frustratingly, you know. Anyway, I mean, it's a terrible thing to say when you know love Joni as we do. But I, I, yeah. I, I would agree. Joan saves that from being the worst episode ever. Uh, just by having the wet T-shirt, just, yeah, and and then the vicar's the vicar's vest. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, the vicar's thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, my one of my favourites was poison, um, and I think fat chance as well. Right. Well, taste another good one. Awesome episode. Yeah, yeah. So there were a lot of a lot of good stuff there, yeah. wasn't there? And there was a lot of good. There's been there, some, yeah, some really nice moments, um, and I think when I when I sort of listen back to some of the ones we've done, I really I remember having so much fun talking about uh, the snake, the the, cr- the crate. So that's the reason why it would be it'd be my favourite. But so that's that's where I don't know where you think your 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 favourite thing is the is the snake. I really enjoyed talking about the snake. I thought that was a great little episode to record. Yeah, as well as watch. Perhaps not, not one of the greatest episodes, but good fun talking about was the uh, the galloping Foxley. I mean, 
Yeah. The, the name in itself, as you know, always makes me laugh. And uh, I, I, I seem to, you know, the, we got into a, um, a nicknames thing on that. Uh, there were some ridiculous moments in the fact that he galloped up and down a flight of stairs, which, which was amusing. The, the fact that it, I think I was, I was saying it could have been summed up in like 20 seconds. Are you that guy who used to bully me? <laughs> yeah. No, that, no, no, that was not me. Did you go to Eton? No, no, I didn't. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, so that, that, was, uh, that was fun talking about it. Well, the man who played supposedly Foxley was, was in um, that movie, The World is Full of Married Men. Oh, right. So I don't know, and I don't know when that movie came out. Let me just have a quick look. That was seventy nine. So we would have just uh, he'd have just been in that, and then done, and then done this that the, the, this series. So uh, it was in that with Gareth Hunt. So actually, that might have been something we didn't pick up on at the time was that that might have been a big old uh, star-studded episode. Yeah, that, that may have gone down better because of who was in it rather than what the story was at the time. Right. Well, I do notice actually that uh, it stars of of that of the moment who are getting who are casting here quite regularly. People who have been in quite big TV things or even films are uh, are casting it, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely, and, and and that's it's one of the things that we noticed very early on that it that the names were a draw. Yeah, um, we haven't seen that many. Uh, pop up in series two not not like series one did yeah. at least anyway but not that many but uh, hopefully that uh, changes John Mills he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's always in it Michael Gambon he's in the Umbrella yeah. Man uh, but yeah Joseph Cotton he's in the first one he's with the with the cat Depart in Peace isn't he with the cat um, that's an art collector uh, the cat that uh, William and Mary, isn't it? Uh, Edward the Conqueror. Edward the... <laughs> Edward oh, the... yes, that's right, yes, yeah. yes. Using that, yes, it? of course. Yeah. That's where we'd seen him before, yeah. yes, of course. Ron Moody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the news reporter from Poison. No, the news reporter who was in Poison, but he was in Royal Jelly. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go, that's the... Just, just before... The musical number, the big show-stopping ending, comes on. We're going to plan a mid-season summertime super special. We are. Which is going to be Sardines, the Inside Number 9 first episode of season one. Do the same sort of thing, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, that will be in the next few weeks, and then we'll come back with Strong, with season three, and the scariest moment of my growing up, which is the fly trap, fly paper, I think it's called fly paper. Oh. Uh, yeah, fly paper. And it's the reason why I didn't want to go to high school. Right. Not because of the fuck with a sausage on it at the beginning of Grain Jill, but no, it was this episode. So that's what we'll do. We'll come back. Are you uh, Anything you want to say before we... There's nothing I can say because you've done the bit that I always do to close, haven't you, and talk to yeah. you about the next episode. Okay, so. I didn't do a synopsis, though. Just the reason why Chris didn't want to go to school, is that... Yeah. Well, I'll tell you... It's about a teenage girl being pestered by an old man, so make it that what you will, why could <laughs> Right, okay. Uh, let's wrap things up then. Here's, have you got your lyric sheets? Oh, I have, I've just okay. been flicking through that. Okay, excellent. Um, okay, uh, are we ready? In three, two, one, and... Guys? I've... Guys? I think, what what's happened? They've gone. That was unexpected.